Welcome to the Fulfilled Musicpreneur Podcast. This podcast is for you if you are a Christian artist and you want to grow your listeners, make greater impact, and grow your business. Meet your host, A.B. Ogini, a lifelong singer, pediatrician, recording artist, music business coach, and founder of the Fulfilled Musicpreneur Academy. Welcome to another episode of the Fulfilled Mepreneur Podcast. This is going to be an amazing um, episode because I have here with me Nikki Blue. So I'm just going to talk about his bio and then we'll bring him on. There's going to be so much value that I know we're going to hear today. So stay tuned. So Nikki Blue is the Number one, international best-selling author of the book, Finish Line Thinking, How to Think and Win Like a Champion, The Thoughts Leader's Journey, A Fable of Life and the Power of Connecting, How to Activate Profitable Relationships by Serving Your Network. He is an in-demand and highly inspirational speaker to corporate audiences such as RBC, Lil Lehman, Royal LePage, and Torster Media. He is an advisor and confident some of the most successful and dynamic entrepreneurs in Canada. He's the co-founder of eCircle Academy, where he runs a year-long mastermind and educational program, working with coaches, consultants, corporate trainers, clinic owners, realtors, mortgage brokers, and other service-based entrepreneurs, positioning them as authorities in their niche. He is the creator of a thought leader, heart leader, TM designation. As the host of the number one podcast in the world on thought leadership, thought leader revolution, Nikki has interviewed over 300 of the world's top thought leaders. Thank you so much for joining me on the past, on the podcast today, Nikki Blue. Thank you so much. Abby, thanks for having me on the show. It's an honor to be here. I'm excited. So do you want to talk to us a little bit about, um, who you are, where you've come from, and what you do. And this is just in addition to the bio that I've just read. So anything I have not talked about on the bio. Absolutely. Well, I'm actually originally uh, an immigrant from the Middle East. Uh, I'm a Christian from Iran. When I was 11 years old, the Islamic Revolution took place in Iran. And um, the benign dictatorship of the Shah was replaced by the absolute tyranny of the mullahs. And my late father... He could see the writing on the wall. This wasn't going to be a great place for him to raise his Christian family anymore. So he made a plan and he got us out of Iran. And eventually we settled where I now live in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And I thank God every day for my father and his foresight and his pre-science because he changed the legacy of our family. We went from living in tyranny to living in freedom. And I'm very grateful to live in a free society. I know that there are some people that say things like, oh my God, you live in the West. The West is so oppressive. It's so racist. It's so sexist. And I'm not here to tell you this is a perfect place because it's mm. not. No, no place is. And yeah, no you know, there's, there's behavior on the part of some people that's not great. But as a whole, are you kidding me? This is the most tolerant, amazing place in the world. Yeah. Like, you want to talk like that? Let's go to Iran. Open your mouth like that about the government. They'll beat you. They'll throw you in a deep, dark hole and you'll never come out. <laughs> That's just how it is, right? 
So I just think we should all be grateful that we get to live here and that, you know, we are free. So I'm a believer in freedom, free expression and free enterprise, because without freedom, without being a philosopher of freedom, you cannot be a successful entrepreneur, period. Freedom yeah. is the basis for free enterprise, which is the basis for entrepreneurship. And every single one of us needs to have that and believe in that. Now, my late father, he was an entrepreneur and God rest his soul. This was an uplifter of human beings. If you knew him and you were looking for work, he'd get you a job. If you were trying to start wow. a business, he'd help you start a business, even if you were going to compete with him. And if you were looking to buy a car, a house or an apartment, you didn't have quite enough money. He taught you up so you could buy that car, that house, that wow, amazing. Right? It was amazing, right? And why would he do this? Well, first of all, he's a Christian. He was devout. He believed he'd been blessed by God. And it was his duty to share those blessings with other people. Secondly, he could. He was successful. And that's, you know, I wanted to be successful. I wanted to be like dad. I wanted to be an uplifter of human beings. And, you know, when I eventually became an entrepreneur, I got into the helping professions. I was first the top fitness coach. I worked with some of the top athletes in Canada. I worked with Olympic gold medalists in track and field. I worked with mm -hmm. top business people. And then I got into the world of, you know, being a business coach, a business advisor, an author, a speaker, a guru. And here's what I found. The best people in business, amazing human beings, really good at what they do, like rock stars, but not necessarily good at the business of business they didn't get you know selling marketing hiring firing cash flow income statements balance sheet structure systems processes culture exit strategy they didn't get none of this stuff so i'm like going okay i come from an entrepreneurial family i studied this in university both undergrad and with a master's you know i went to top schools i can help these folks so I started to help folks. And what I started to see was so many good people, maybe you can relate, that were scared, especially of selling and marketing themselves. Mm. Like the idea of selling just made them scared. They go, oh, no, I don't want to be seen like that guy, that pushy <laughs> sales guy. No, not me, not me. I don't want to be like salesy. I don't want to reek of commission breath. You ever been in a store where they're just on you and they're trying to sell you anything at all? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be like those guys. So mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, I get it. But if you don't go after business, you should be going after, you miss out. You don't make yeah. the money you should make. And yeah. the person you could have helped misses out because you don't help them. And then mm -hmm. some charlatan marketer comes in, swoops in, grabs the business because they're good at selling. They sell the sizzle. But there's no mm. stick there and it burns your mouth. Yeah. Sizzle mm. by itself it burns your mouth. It's just hot mm. oil, right? And steak is delicious. You want the steak. So, you know, you lose out, the client loses out, and even the charlatan marketer loses out because, you know, mm. goes around, comes around. God will, will give you your comeuppance <laughs> yeah. if you're not yeah. a good person, right? So, you know, I help people reframe selling into service. You don't want to be sold. I don't want to be sold, but we love being served. You've been in a store where they served you, they loved yeah. on you, and yeah. you, you'll give them all your money. You don't care. You just want to be taken care of in that fashion. So we yeah. help a lot of good folks do that. And then here's the other thing, right? Marketing. Well, what's marketing? It's really simple. The yeah. job of marketing is to make sales unnecessary. The job of marketing is people to go, yeah, I need that. But what's the problem with marketing? Well, most people don't understand how to market. 
They don't yeah. know you ask them what they do. Oh, I'm a doctor. I'm I'm a I'm I'm a mortgage broker. I'm a real estate agent. I'm a, a business coach. Nobody cares. Nobody mm. cares. They don't care what you do. They care what you can do for them. You can't uh-huh. put the attention on you and what you do. You got to put the attention on them and what you do for them. Mm. So rather than saying, "I'm a coach. I'm a business coach," you go, "I help restaurant. I help sushi restaurants in London. I help them triple their volume." Now that mm. if you're a sushi restaurant owner. I want to triple my volume. Everybody wants to triple their volume, right? Like that's the sort of thing you want to do. Remember, business. My father used to say, "Is not about numbers or money. It's about people. You solve problems for people for profit. Problems, people, profit. P P P. Nikki Bilu's three P seven figure business solution. Oh, Acute problems okay. for amazing people and an awesome profit. That's your job. P P P. You gotta do it that way. You do it that way. You're rocking. You're golden. You don't、mm. do it that way. Well, this is a technical term, but you're screwed. You're screwed. You know, yeah, that's what、yeah. it's all about. So, I'll tell you a story. Young man comes to me. He's a personal fitness trainer, really good fellow. Eight years ago, February 2015.、Mm-hmm. Really good at what he did. Terrible at getting clients. He had seven clients. He made $1,200 a month in Toronto. Now, Toronto is like, you know, the London of Canada. Would twelve hundred be sufficient to live in London? I figure probably not, right? So it's not in Toronto. So this young man, I I meet him and I go, okay, his name's Dan. I go, Danny, tell me, tell me about you, your business. He goes, oh, you know, I'm a trainer. I I, I can do anything for anybody. I'm like, no, 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 no you you can't. He said, no, no, I really can. I, I I can help him lose weight. I can help him add muscle. I can help him do competitions. I'm like, you can help anybody with a wallet and a pulse, buddy. He's like, oh my god, that's funny, but I guess so. I'm like, no, 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 no. You have to narrow your focus. So he goes, okay, how do I do that? All right, all right, all right. All right. I got. I'm gonna work with doctors. Okay.、Oh. Why doctors? Why doctors? Well, my dad's a doctor, and I love my dad. Okay, okay, that's nice. <laughs> and doctors make money. <laughs> I'm like, no, that's not a good message. Doctors make money. They're they're not gonna <laughs> like that message. I don't care. I'm gonna go do it. Zero traction.、Mm. So I, I I meet him again in a month or so, and I go, Danny, we need to change your approach. And he said, Okay, okay. I said, What do I need to do?、And、I said, Well, you need a narrow focus. And before I could say the rest, he's okay. I got it. Cardiologists. <laughs> They make more money than doctors. I'm like,、oh、buddy, no, you're not getting it. It's not about the money. It's about the people. No, 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 no. I'm doing it. Didn't work. Then the good Lord sent Danny a man with a missing limb, a Paralympic athlete, missing leg. They really worked well together. And all of a sudden, this fellow goes to a competition, wins medals.、Mm. And I'm like, okay, okay, Danny, that's, that's good. He comes to me and he goes, Nikki, oh my God. I've been a fool. I go no argument here. He said, going after money, right? I go yes, you have. I should have been going after helping people, right? Yes, you should have.、He、said so. That's what I'm going to do now. I'm going to help people with missing limbs.、And、I go, oh, that's good, Danny. That's good. And so he comes to me and he says to me, Nikki, 
Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to do this. So I'll tell you something, Abby. Remember this guy had seven clients, 1,200 a month. In six weeks, he signed up 400 clients. Whoa. He went from 1,200 a month to over $100,000 a month in six weeks. What did he do differently about? Was it just his message? Wow. Keep in mind, nobody else was going after people with missing limbs. They all thought these guys can't work out. Forget it. So he had a blue ocean to go after, not a red ocean full of sharks. Mm -hmm. And he really knew what he was doing because he'd done it with somebody. And just put yourself in the shoes of an individual with a missing limb. Mm -hmm. You probably wish you had all your limbs. Yes or yes, right? And you mm -hmm. probably think you can't do everything someone with all their limbs can do. Yes or yes, right? Mm-hmm. You know what Dan's message was? It wasn't, we're going to just work out. It was, you can do anything anyone else can do, and I'm going to show you how. Wow. You think about the power of that message. That message landed, landed. It touched people in their soul. It awakened a spark of love inside every human heart that came across Dan's path. He wasn't trying to get the money and yet he got the money. Wow. Wow. Mm. Remember at the beginning before we started recording I was telling you about Kevin Kelly and his blog post A Thousand True Fans. Mm. It's written about bands and he talks about how bands can make a living with a thousand true fans because with a thousand true fans on average, they'd spend a hundred dollars each to work with them, to buy their music, attend their concerts, all that jazz. That's a hundred grand a year. Now, if you're a, uh, an artist and you're listening to this, all you need is a thousand true fans and you can make money from your music. If you're a business coach, with a thousand true fans, if you're charging a thousand dollars a year on average with each of them, you're making a million dollars a year. A mm. million dollars a year. You think about that. A thousand true fans. That's all you need. Mm. Okay. Some really, really good points that you've spoken about. I really love fine-tuning your message and going for serving people as opposed to making money or growing your numbers or growing your streams, which is what many musicians will be going for. So I love the fact that you're saying just focus on serving people. I really love that and how the power of messaging. I really love that as well. Can you talk about um, imposter syndrome mindset? So for many um, of my listeners, they may be totally new to all this. And like me, the picture or impression I've had about successful artists all my life 
were essentially divas who um, were not realistic at all. <laughs> um, and there is a huge gap between who we are now and the picture we have of who a successful artist is. And for many people, they will actually struggle um, and essentially in that struggle stop themselves from moving forward successfully with their music just because they can't see it. <laughs> so can you talk a little bit about mind, the, the, kind, the, the kind of mindset we should have and how to handle imposter syndrome? That's a great question. Many years ago, I did a program with a man by the name of A. Justin Sterling. And Justin Sterling runs a program, two programs, two primary programs and a bunch of minor programs. Sterling Men's Weekend and Sterling Women's Weekend. And he, his company is called the Sterling Institute for Relationship. Okay. And this is what he said to me. He said to me that you always need to understand this. Doubt kills the warrior or the warrior kills the doubt. If you wish to win in life, you must kill your doubts. If you don't kill your doubts, they will kill your dreams. And in this regard, you must have four qualities, four qualities. If I'm going to take on a client, they must have these four qualities or I won't work with them. Hmm. The first quality is decisiveness. The word decide has at the root of it a Latin word, side. And side is kill in Latin. You know other words with side in it? Regicide, homicide, suicide, genocide, kill. Decide is to kill off the alternative. You must make a decision that you are going to be a successful artist. Dabble at it and go, I'm going to give it a try. I'm going to kick a tire. I'm going to be a hobbyist. No, you must decide that this will be. Do you know who Napoleon Hill is? Yep. He's the author of the greatest selling personal development book of all time, Think and Grow Rich. Now, what you may not know is how Napoleon Hill got to be the author of the greatest selling personal development book of all time. I'm going to tell you. So first and foremost, Napoleon Hill used to be, in his youth, a newspaper reporter. Hmm. Back in the days when that was an honorable profession. (laughs) Unlike today. And so his editor sent him to go interview the then richest man in the world, Andrew Carnegie was originally a Scotsman who came to the United States and built U.S. Steel. And 
you know, when he went to the great man's estate, he interviewed him. And the two of them had a great conversation. And at the end of the interview, Mr. Carnegie said to Mr. Hill, Mr. Hill, I very much enjoyed our time together. How would you like to spend the weekend with me at my estate? I would like to speak with you further. You would like to talk with me further? Now, Ebby, if the richest man in the world or the richest woman in the world approached you and said, Ebby, how would you like to spend the weekend at my estate? I would like to talk with you further. What yeah. is your answer? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That was his answer. They spent the weekend together and they had some very powerful and deep philosophical conversations on success. And at the end of their time together, Mr. Carnegie said to Mr. Hill, Mr. Hill, I have a proposition for you, sir. How would you like to spend the next 20 years researching and writing a book about my philosophy of success? I will pay you no stipend, but what I will do is I will give you letters of introduction to the 500 richest and most successful men and women in these here United States. What say you? <laughs> yeah. It took him 31 seconds to say yes. That figure will become important in a few moments. The rest is history. He interviewed those folks. He wrote the books. He became rich and famous and helped many other people become successful. I would say Napoleon Hill is responsible for probably a good 50 million millionaires being created conservatively. So many years later, he met with the great man one last time before he passed. And they reminisced about how they met. And Mr. Carnegie, with a twinkle in his eye, said, Mr. Hill, I need to tell you something. All those years ago, when I made that proposition to you, I had a watch with a second hand that I was holding under the table. And I had given you 60 seconds to make up your mind. If you had not made up your mind within 60 seconds, I was going to withdraw the offer. And he's like, oh my God, thank God I did it in 31 seconds. But why, Mr. Carnegie? He said, mm, Mr. Hale, you disappoint me. You've been researching my philosophy of success. You tell me. He said, right. He said, I got it. Successful people are decisive. They make up their minds quickly. Mm. He said, yes. I had approached four of the most eminent educators in the United States before I approached you. I made them the same offer. They all said, I need to think, think about, about it. it. <laughs> really? He said, the successful don't need to think about squat. Yeah. The successful get all the facts and they don't take a million years to get all the facts they get them fast and they say yes or they say no instantly losers losers say i need to think about <laughs> it i'll get back to you and what happens it's just a loser's way of not saying what's in their heart which is mm. i'm scared or no mm. I don't deal with indecisive people. You want me? You want Nikki Baloo? You want the man who's made 80 people an extra 
six to nine figures, you're a yes or no, and you're a yes or no fast. Mm. Two. Two. <laughs> so you got to be committed. You got to be in it to win it. You cannot be, I'll give it six months, and then I'll see. No. You must be willing to be a disaster before you can be a master. Because mm. every master was once a disaster. Mm-hmm. You must be willing to stink, to become bad, to become mediocre, to become mm. okay, to become decent, to become good, to become great, to become masterful, to become iconic, and to become the best the world has ever seen. Amazing. Mm. Three, you got to be coachable. You're not doing this on your own. You must hire the coaches, the mentors. Robin Sharma. Robin Sharma, the author of The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari, who sold 20 million copies of his books, said to me, Nikki B., Nikki, if you ever want to double your income in a given year, triple your investment in personal professional development, hire the coaches, join the masterminds, attend the conferences, do the courses, read the books. He was my client. I was his fitness coach. Mm. And I did what he said and it worked. You cannot do it alone. If you knew how to do it yourself, you would have already done it. You must hire hire good mentors and you must invest what it takes mm-hmm. if you're scared of making an investment you don't believe in yourself and you don't believe you'll get a return on your investment yeah yeah and finally you gotta be resourceful the great tony robbins says it doesn't matter what level of resources you have you must must understand that what matters is how resourceful you can be Hmm. I'll tell you a story from my life. Many years ago, I had been married and my then wife, seemingly out of the blue, decided she did not want to be my wife anymore. I was shocked. Didn't see it coming. Maybe I should have, but I didn't. Hmm. I spiraled. Slept on my mother's couch. Grown man with children. Not good. So a friend invites me to a business conference. I'm feeling lower than low. But a man's delivering a talk at this conference and it hits me right here. It speaks to my soul. At the end of the talk, I walk over to him, I introduce myself, I tell him my story. And at the end of it, I say with some trepidation, I think I need to hire you. And he said, really? Okay. He said, you'll need to understand my minimum fee is $5,000 for five hours of my coaching. And I um, require payment up front in full. (laughs) I offer no guarantees and no refunds. Do you still want to hire me, Mr. Ballou? And I was like, I don't have any money. That's all the money in the world to me. I think I maybe seen $5,000 the whole last 12 months. And he said, Mr. Ballou, I'm gonna give you some free coaching. I'm like, free coaching? I love free coaching. Please. He said, it doesn't matter how much money you have. I go, it doesn't. But I thought you wanted $5,000 from me. He said, I do if you choose to work with me. But it doesn't matter how much money you have right now. I said, then what does matter? 
what matters, Mr. Belubis. How bad do you want your wife has kicked you out of the house. You are not able to see your children. You're not making any money. You're sleeping on your mother's couch. You feel awful. And this has been going on for a number of months. How much longer are you willing to put up with this? Oh! <laughs> That's how hard it hit me. And I just said, okay, he's right. Give me a couple days. I'm in an appointment to go see him in a couple of days. I got home and I got on the phone with a number of individuals that had been in discussions with me about working with me. I was fitness trainer at the time. And they had not said yes. They had not said no. Indecisive. Mm -hmm. So with a lot of urgency in my voice, I called them up and I said, hey, I've got really great news. And they said, yeah, what is it? And I said, you are fat and you must lose weight or you are going to have some serious health issues. Agreed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, you didn't have to put it that way, they said. That's a little harsh. Go, <laughs> Agreed. But, you know, I needed to get your attention. And I am broke. And I need money. And I need it fast. Okay. Okay, okay. So I'm going to give you the deal of a century. Half price. But here's the catch. You got to say yes now. You got to pay me right now in full. What's it going to be? And they said, what if I don't say yes now? The deal's gone. You lose my number. Hmm. Okay, mm. I'm saying yes. Deal's gone. You lose my number. <laughs> you know, deal's gone. You lose my number. So here's what happens. Okay. Two of them said yes. I had $2,000. kept my appointment with this individual Mr. Bill and proudly I put $2,000 on his desk I said here you go and he said <laughs> I said that's great that's two I asked for five <laughs> I said Mr. Bill how many people have you told this story to how many people have I told the story to? Yes, sir. Over the years, 30, perhaps 40. I said, okay, okay, great, 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 great. Besides me, who else came back with any money? Besides you? I said, yeah, besides me. He said, well, no one. You're the first. I, I'm the first. You are the first. I am the first. You, <laughs> sir, are the first. The first. Okay. Yeah, the first. I'm like, okay. Take my money. I'm going to sign a contract that I will pay you the rest. Okay. I said, okay. Okay. And the rest is history. And the contract was I'd pay him 30, 60 days, whatever. I paid him back early. And in six months, I made six figures. I never looked back. Decisive, committed, coachable, resourceful. Are you these four things? If you are these four things, victory is assured. Hmm. If you are not, defeat is your destiny. Hmm. Wow. 
such a great story such a great story i i it actually gives me a couple of ideas <laughs> for myself <laughs> gonna be making some calls soon <laughs> but i i think you raise a really important point um about being resourceful because that is the number one reason people give and it's almost like a roadblock that's ever in front of them oh uh i can't afford it i can't afford it i'm maxed out i'm maxed out but actually the truth is you can find out how to afford it um and it's almost like you're playing devil's advocate when you say that but it is the truth i I mean, there's a, there's a service that allows you to finance buying coaching. In fact, there's at least three of these services that I'm aware of. So there's no excuse. Zero. Actually, what services are these? Just for people who don't know. Basically, it's a comp series of companies that finance you purchasing a coaching program. So let's say you want to buy a $50,000 coaching program. Um, instead of paying it all up front or within three months or whatever, this company will finance you and you can spread out your payments over three to five years. Wow. That is amazing. Um, I wonder if that is only in Canada though. Um, or US. I no, don't uh, I, I don't know where else it is, but I know they're available in Canada, the US and, um, I, I would imagine there was probably one in the UK in English speaking world. Um, I would imagine you can find it. Okay. Let's just put it this way. There are lots of ways to be resourceful. Yeah, honestly, there, there really are. I think for me personally, I've, I've been thinking because even though um, I've been a doctor for many years in the UK, pediatric training is eight years, eight long years. So I'm still in my, I'm in my second to last year of becoming trained to be a consultant. So it still feels like I am not earning very much sometimes, even though I'm a doctor, you know? Um, and I think at, at some point you keep thinking you're maxed out, you're maxed out. But actually over the last couple of years, as I've gone on this journey of being coached, I have become really resourceful, <laughs> really resourceful. And people just need to be open to that idea of how can I do this? How can I do this? You know, instead of this, no, can't, I can't. <laughs> I actually think about it. It feels like I've gone back to, to school, like I've gone back to college. People have no problem going to the bank and getting a loan and going to college. They have no problem with it whatsoever. They know it's going to take them ages to pay it off. But when it comes to coaching, it's almost like, <gasps> you mean you want me to borrow to be coached? <laughs> like it's such a bad idea. But actually, if you yeah. can get a loan to go to college, what's the difference? Because many people end up not using their college degree. They do nothing with it. And then they go and learn something else in business. And then that is what they actually use. So I feel like these are really great skills and mindsets to have to be resourceful. Like I've been asked so many times, AB, how do you do all of this? How do you coach? Do you do your music, doctoring, parenting, how? And I'm like, uh, I just find a way. <laughs> I make it work. I make it work. Um, so. Yeah, yeah. This is this has been really, really good. So um, one last 
thing before we go because I think this has just been so good already. I kind of feel like we need to take some time <laughs> and think about already what we've spoken about to make sure you are, you know, applying it. It's already, it feels heavy, you know. <laughs> Number one, this decisiveness. Number two, being committed. Number three, coachable, resourceful, you know. It's already a meal, a rich meal. But I'm going to ask a couple more questions before we go. Yeah. Um, so you were talking about marketing. And I know you shared a little bit about it already. What will be your top tips on going through that transition of, ooh, I hate doing this, I can't do this, uh, to I love it, I'm the queen of marketing. You know, can you give us a couple of tips on how to make that transition? Well, I think I've given you a couple of really good ones. I mean, the first thing is you've got to really have a very powerful, defined message. You also need to know who you're going after, who you're speaking to. And you've got to be able to position yourself as a thought leader inside a space. So people go, what's a thought leader? Is that like an academic? Actually, no, not necessarily. Um, Matt Church from Australia has an elegant definition of a thought leader. He says an expert is someone who knows something. But experts are a dime a dozen. There's a lot of people who know something. But a thought leader is someone who's known for knowing something. They're rare and valuable. An expert is like a cover band when a thought leader plays original music. I wanted to use that because you're involved in music. So it's very important to become a thought leader. And if you want to learn and find out more about thought leadership, my main podcast is called The Thought Leader Revolution. You can go check out a whole bunch of episodes there. But if you're, you know, somebody who's like serious about wanting to do this inside your life and your business, then you really, really owe it to yourself to come and take a deep dive into you as a thought leader. And I'd be happy to have a conversation with anybody who wants to do that. I'll give you a link for people to get on my calendar as long as they let me know from the show. I'll make sure I do the call. It's free. There's no cost associated with it. But you've really got to put yourself in that position. And you need to understand it's 2023. There are strategies that work today. And you need to be using them. You can't be using strategies from 2019, 2020. The world has changed. And, you know, people are going, I'm going to run Facebook ads or do SEO or launches. Well, that crap doesn't work anymore. It just doesn't. You need to be using strategies that work today. For me, the strategy that I've used, it's been very effective, has been podcasting and being a guest on podcasts. Mm-hmm. You know, being a guest on podcasts in you know six, seven month period has helped me generate over a quarter million dollars in sales. Most wow. people who go on shows don't know how to turn them into revenue. Uh, I've cracked the code. And <laughs> it's one of the things that I really believe works now. And so it's important for people to learn how to use what works now. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. Really, really good. Wow. Okay, so one last thing. There's a line in your body that's it, that talks about something really interesting. It talks about the mindset of an Olympian or a, an Olympic athlete and how to apply that to life. Do yeah. you want to talk a little bit about that? 
So I wrote a book uh, a few years ago called Finish Line Thinking, How to Think in One Like a Champion. And uh, I actually did two editions of it. This is the second edition. I recommend everybody picks up this book. It's available on Amazon because it goes into 13 principles of how to think and win like a champion. And there's also a little scorecard test, self-test you can do. Do I think like a champion or do I think like a fourth place loser? Right? So I recommend that you go in there. But if you want to have a mindset of a champion, you've got to first and foremost be somebody who is willing to get uncomfortable. Greatness and comfort cannot coexist. Wow. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've got to have people in your corner. And I'm going to tell you one last story. We're going to end it off with a story. A few years ago, uh, a lady was introduced to me and my lady, and I work with my lady. And um, this lady had been the country director for Canada for one of the world's largest and oldest personal development firms. She was a champion, champion level individual. Okay. Um, and when she um, came to us, she was going through a tough time. Because in her company, she had been the CEO. She started Canada. And then she um, brought on a fellow to work with her who she thought was very talented. And at first they got along great. But after a while, their visions of the future diverged. Kind of like Steve Jobs back in the 80s with John Scully when he brought John Scully from Pepsi to Apple. And when their visions diverged, just like Steve and John's diverged, they kicked her out of her own company. Just like Steve Jobs got kicked out of Apple. <laughs> How can you get kicked out of your own company? Well, you can. And so she came to us bereft, lost, confused. We loved on her. We gave her our hearts. We showed her how to do better. Okay. And after a little while, um, she figured out who her audience was. She figured out her um, offer. She was undercharging, so we helped her charge properly. In her first month, she did $10,000 in sales. In her second month, she did $12,000. In her third month, she did $18,000. But in her fourth month, she did $62,200 in sales. It was incredible. And that figure will become germane in a moment. Mm. Now, she lives in Ottawa in Canada, and I live in Toronto. That's a five-hour drive. My oldest son plays uh, football. He's a center back. And um, he's quite he's quite good now. But back then, he was 12 years old. And, you know, so he had a tournament in Ottawa. And so... We went to um, we went to Ottawa for the tournament, and I called her. She has a son his age, and I said, "Hello, I'm coming to Ottawa for this tournament. Would you like to bring your son and come watch my son play? And we can talk, you and I. We can hang out, and maybe we can all go have lunch after." She said, "That sounds great." We did that. Everybody had a beautiful time, and then we went home, and they went to their home. <laughs> a few weeks later. We had one of our quarterly branded thought leader immersion workshops. This is where we teach people how to really add a zero or two to their income through their expertise as thought leaders. And, you know, we've been very good at doing that. And she's one of our star students. And we were at the portion of the lesson 
the three days where we did what we call an upsell, an upserve, if you will. Mm-hmm. People would sign up for our full year-long program. It's a high-ticket program. And um, the way I do it is I don't ask um, people to buy. I ask them to listen to what our people have to say. And then I tell them, would you like to buy? And I go sit there, would you like yeah. to buy? <laughs> right. Um, it's very effective. You know, third-party validation. So I said, who would like to share their experience? Before anybody could put up their hand, she is like bounded on stage. And she almost knocks me over. I'm like, okay, well, she's me. I'm like, great. Go ahead. She gets on stage. She looks around and she starts to cry. Wow. And I mean, and like any red-blooded man faced with a crying woman, I got very frightened very fast. Why is she crying? What did I do? <laughs> But I, I kept it cool on the outside. She turns around. She looks at me and. Um, my lady, Teresa, my fiance, brings her box of tissues and says, um, you know, here, go ahead. And so she says, thank you. And, and then she starts talking between the sniffles. She goes, Nikki, you did not know this, but when you and your little son came to visit Ottawa with me and my little son, my little son said, mommy, 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 who are we going to go meet? The little boys get excited, right? And she says, oh, sweetheart, we're going to go meet Nikki Ballou and his son. And she said, all of a sudden, my sweet little boy gets very quiet, very serious and goes, oh, mommy, are we going to meet the man who saved our family? Mm-hmm. So, Amy, I am not a man who cries in public. I'm very old school. But I <laughs> cried. We hugged. And the whole room was like, oh. And then she keeps talking between her sobs and tears and says, When I came to see you, the bank was about to foreclose on our home. We were about to lose our home. I didn't tell you any of this. And my husband and I were fighting every day like cats and dogs. It looked like we were going to break up. And my kids could see it. And I was so scared of losing my precious family. He said, you literally helped us save our family. So I hugged her and everybody clapped and she walked away. And we handed out our registration forms. And everyone signed up. There was no, I need to think about it. No, I'll hold off for now. Everyone signed up. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. You think about that. Mm. Why? Well, first of all, God put this woman in my path to be of service, to be the instrument of his will. And I would like more opportunities to do that. It's very gratifying. But secondly, you never know what another human being is going through if they don't tell you. You just don't know. And you need to treat everybody like my father said, like they're someone's wife, someone's mother, someone's daughter, someone's sister, someone's husband, someone's brother, someone's father, someone's son. You do that, you're going to feel like a better human being and God will reward you. Mm. And that's how I wrap the talk with you today. Yeah. That's, yeah. Perfect ending. Perfect. And so much to chew on. I, I was trying to write. 
And I was like, this is so good. I'm just going to listen to this several times to actually get the myths that you've just given us. Thank you so much, Nikki. This has been so good. Thanks for listening to the Fulfilled Musicpreneur Podcast. Make sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Also, if you haven't, download a free copy of AB's ebook, Seven Days to Living Fearless, by clicking the link below. See you next time for another episode of the Fulfilled Musicpreneur Podcast.